So this morning, I'm going to share a message titled, The Light of Life. The Light of Life. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to turn to the person next to you and say, The Light of Life. Some of you are already ready for that. That, that happens sometimes, not today. But Jesus promises the light of life to those who follow him. Okay, in Christ, we receive a new life, a new nature, a new identity, a new beginning, a fresh start. We can walk in a new path and in a new way. We don't have to live how we used to live, right? In Christ, we receive a new life. And in Christ, we receive a full and an abundant life. We no longer have to live for ourselves or our own personal and selfish desires. We can live selflessly and for God. We can live according to His will and purpose for His kingdom and not our own. A full and an abundant life doesn't mean a comfortable, easy life. It's, if we look at the life of Jesus, He lived a full life in God, but it wasn't easy. This, this journey of faith isn't an easy journey to walk in. And so this morning we're looking at the light of life. Jesus gives us the light of life. This is a life free from darkness, evil, sin, and wickedness. It is a life of righteousness and goodness and love. Jesus walked in the light of life. And I just want to start off this morning by saying, your life matters to God. And that's never going to change that's never going to stop. Your life is always going to matter to God. We somehow think because we're saved and we're on this journey and we've been on it for quite some time and I know we're all on a different journey, but maybe God's love changes. No, you matter just as much as you did to God before you were saved. When you were at your darkest and at your worst, God loves you the same today. And that is good news. He loves you so much that he came and he took the punishment like Will said this morning. He took the punishment. He took the nails. He took the condemnation. He carried the cross so that we could be free. And so God knows you. He knows what you can do. He knows what you can't do. And he still chose to die for you. And he calls you to follow him. Jesus lived the life that we could not live so that we could live the lives that we are living today. And so this is God's promise to us, that if we follow him, we will receive the light of life. And who knows that God can't break his promise. God is holy. He is just. He cannot sin. He cannot deny himself. So this is his promise. It can't be broken by God. However, we don't always walk according to God's promises, right? John Piper says that you can know the promises of God and be lost. But walking in God's promises means following Jesus and living a life of faith. So it's not complicated, but not everyone walks that way. And so when we walk with Jesus, we can walk in his promises. We can walk in the light of life. And so this morning, we're continuing with the book of John, and uh, we're going to be reading from chapter 8. So if you've got your Bibles, you can bring them. Um, you can bring them. They should already be here if you got them. And uh, I'm just going to read from John chapter 8, verse 1 to 12. And then we're going to look at this um, story of what happens uh, with Jesus this morning. 
um, he says here, well, it says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. But have the light of life. Through this quite intense and dramatic morning with Jesus, these Pharisees and this sinful woman, we get a great taste of the gospel. We see God's heart for sinners lost and the broken. We see how Jesus, how Jesus, Son of God, deals with sin and sinners. We see how Jesus uses the law and he, he shows us the life that we can live when we are forgiven and redeemed. I just want to pray real quick before we continue this morning. Let's close our eyes. Lord Jesus, we just come to you, loving Father, so gracious and kind, Jesus. Father, we give this to you this morning. It's not about us. It's not about our goodness, Lord. It's about you. It's about the cross. It's about the finished work, Father. Lord, I know that each one of us today, you deeply, deeply love us. You want an intimate relationship with us, Father God. And I thank you because of the cross, we can come boldly to you, Father. Thank you for your Holy Spirit this morning, Father God. Will you just lead me and use me to preach the gospel and the truth. May we see Jesus this morning. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. So recently a friend reminded me of how I came to Christ. I think it's such an important thing to be reminded of who you were before you met Christ because we are not the same. We're completely changed and restored. And I remember when I first got saved, I used to pray, Jesus, please help me never to forget who I was, where I came from, and what I did. Please just remind me of how good you are. I never want to forget where I came from because we can sometimes take it for granted. Comfortable on this journey, day by day, forgetting who we were, forgetting what he saved us from. And my friend said to me, Chris, you didn't come to Christianity bringing your obedience, but you came bringing nothing but your sin and stuff, I quote, and God loves you the way you are, not the way you're supposed to be. And so in the story, we see this woman 
being brought to Jesus, not by choice. People say, can God use everything for good? Yes, he can. This woman's about to be condemned, judged. She's forced to the feet of Jesus. These are religious people, and God uses this situation for good when there seemed to be no hope. People say, can God use this for good? Well, if we just look at the scriptures, we see, if we look at our lives and our past, we see he's used it all for good. Nothing was wasted. Nothing was lost. And so we see this woman coming to Jesus with sin, with baggage, with issues, with problems, but we see that she leaves different. Our worst day can be our best day when we come to Jesus. Our worst day can be a testimony to his goodness. And when we come to Jesus, we come as we are. We can't put up a front. It's so easy to, to put up a mask in front of people like, hey, I'm great, things are going well, and I'm not struggling with anything, faith is awesome, praise God, amen, hallelujah, but deep down inside, you're actually struggling, you're actually hurting. We can fool people, we can fool ourselves, but there's one person we can't fool, and that's God. And we speak about authenticity and being real, and that's what God desires. Just come as you are. What can we hide from the Father? What thoughts, what desire can we hide from Him? What action? None. And that's an awesome thing. Because he's not asking us to hide. He says we can come free. We can come as we are. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to just break the scripture up into three different points. And uh, the first one that we're going to look at is uh, the law of Moses, the Pharisees, and Jesus. Like that's three points. No, it's one point, three different statements. Okay. But I just want to read this beginning scripture here. But before I go there, I just want to look at the atmosphere of that morning. We've got these Pharisees and the scribes. We see them throughout the New Testament. We know that they're quite religious. But they, they catch this woman in adultery. And they were so self-righteous and quite arrogant and probably so proud of themselves. Like, yeah, we, we caught a sinner. We, we caught her. She's in trouble now. They probably brought her to Jesus. Oh, man, you're guilty. Oh, man, you're in trouble now, thinking that they were better than this woman thinking that they were sinless and better than her, just dragging her along to Jesus. Oh, you're in trouble. Oh, you're guilty. You're caught. Oh, we're better than you. And I'm sure this woman was just so full of fear, so full of shame, so full of guilt. She was so humiliated in public. She probably wasn't even fully dressed, feeling regret and hopelessness. But they bring her to Jesus full of grace, peace, love, and truth, full of kindness and mercy. And when I read the scripture, I think, wow, such a miraculous day. That Jesus, that, that, that woman could have been brought to anybody else. Jesus might have not been in town. She could have been judged, but they brought her to Jesus. And so the first point that I wanna look at is the scripture here that I'm going to read. It says, Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? They said this, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. Now, just speaking about the Pharisees and the scribes real quick. 
We know that they were religious people. They followed the law of Moses. But the thing about these Pharisees, they thought that they were, they were so self-righteous, they thought that they were better than everybody else. They thought that they were holier than Jesus. Jesus was a friend of sinners, and the Pharisees and the scribes called him a drunkard and a glutton. And the issue with the Pharisees is that they saw sin and sinners as the same thing. They hated sin and they hated sinners just as much. Behind someone's sin, they failed to see that there was a person behind that sin, someone whom God loved. All they could see was their sin and their evilness, having no idea of the compassion and love of God that he created every single person, chose to die for them and chose to take their sin. Even though we've been rebellious and sinful, they failed to see that. And so sin and sinners was seen as the same, but Jesus doesn't see sin and sinners the same. He loves sinners. He doesn't promote sin. He doesn't encourage sin. He took our sin upon himself and was crucified because of our sin. But Jesus loves sinners. The Pharisees, they couldn't handle that. Some people can't handle that Jesus loves everyone. And so they would say prayers. They would go into the temple and they would come in, Jesus, thank you so much, God, that I'm not like that man over there. Thank you that I'm not a sinner. Thank you that I'm not a robber. Thank you that I'm not an adulterer. Thank you that I don't sin. These are the prayers that they would say. This is who they were, self-righteous. And they're the same guys who were shouting, crucify him, crucify him, when Jesus was being sentenced. But I love the fact how they come to Jesus for answers. All right? But there there was like a, there was a backside here. They were actually trying to find something to accuse Jesus of. They tried to set him up to catch him out to somehow go against the law so they could hold something against him. So so they had a plan, but but their plan failed. (laughs) Okay, but they say, Jesus, according to the law of Moses, this law that was given by God, this woman was caught sinning, and according to her crime, she deserves to be punished. She deserves to be stoned. She was guilty. You know how crimes fit a certain punishment? I don't know if you've ever been caught doing something that you shouldn't be doing. And you just get caught so bad, you can't deny it. You're like, I'm guilty, man. I'm guilty. You can't, you can't take it back. You can't deny it. I remember once when I was young, I was very naughty. And um, well, not that bad. But um, living in the Middle East, we didn't have a lot to do. So we kind of did some weird stuff. And we threw eggs at houses and stuff. Not cool. You don't do it in South Africa because you'll get shot. But threw an egg in a house, ran around the corner, chilled on the, chilled on the sidewalk. And uh, I saw this guy on a bicycle riding around. And I was like, oh, I know that guy. He goes to my school. I was like, hey, Nabil, what's up, bro? He's like, someone just egged my house, bro. I'm like, whoa, dude, sorry. And he's like, was it you? I'm like, no, it wasn't. He's like, why is there an egg in your hand? And I was like, oh, my word. But I was like, I didn't. I just tried to deny it, deny it, deny it. I literally left there. I didn't do it, bro. But I had an egg in my hand, okay? The evidence was there. But this woman, right, was caught in the act. She was guilty. It was undeniable. They had just witnessed it, and they had just brought it so quickly to Jesus. And so they say, Jesus, what should we do? How should we handle this situation? How should we handle guilt? How should we punish her? What should we do in this case? 
And it says here, so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And so Jesus gives them the answer. All right, guys, she's guilty. You guys are welcome to stone her. Let's start with the first person who's without sin. Go ahead. If you're without sin, if you're completely righteous and holy, she's guilty. We know the law. Stone her. And so the Pharisees realized, hold on a second, but I do have sin and I am sinful. And so how can I judge this woman and point the finger at her sin when I'm just as flawed? And so it's quite funny actually that they left just as quick as they came in. Come on, Jesus, we got it, we got it, we're gonna stone her. All right, start with the first person who hasn't sinned. Oh, snap, all right, cool, let's go somewhere else. They left just as quick as they came in. And unfortunately, this is how some people see Jesus, the church, and Christianity, and Christians as a whole bunch of people ready to stone and to condemn and to judge. And unfortunately, sometimes we can even be like Pharisees ourselves without even noticing it. It's so easy to point out the faults in other people and forget our own sin and our own flaws. And so none of them could pass judgment. None of them could point fingers except for one. Jesus said, if you are without sin, cast the first stone. And there was one person without sin there, and that was Jesus. And so Jesus could have picked up every stone and stoned her. She deserved it. She was guilty. It was undeniable. That was the punishment that she deserved. But Jesus didn't stone her. And I kind of feel a bit bad for the Pharisees because Jesus loved them too. Unfortunately, they saw their sin, but not their need of a Savior. The Savior was right there. Their hope was there. Their redemption was there. Their forgiveness was right in front of them. And there's so many people who actually missed the point of the whole gospel. Been Christians for years, trying to earn God's favor, love and kindness, and they hear the gospel and they're so closed off to it, so hard, heart-hardened, because it's, it's too good to be true. But it is true. And so, what does the law really say? We're going to look at how does Jesus use this law? In Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 22, we're going to look at how the law shows us how sinful we are and how badly we fall short all the time. It says, if a man is found lying with a woman, married to a husband, then both of them shall die. The man that lay with the woman and the woman. So this is how sinful and flawed the Pharisees actually were. According to the law, both parties are guilty. 
but they only brought one of them. That's how they, 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 they fell so short, not only in their own sin, but not to actually fulfill the whole law in that moment that they believed in and knew so well. But when I read the scripture, I'm like a little bit, like every time I read it, I'm like, but guys, how did you catch us so quick? What were you doing there at the time? I, I read the scripture and I'm like, it just seems too quick. It seems too fast. How did you know? And, and the guy who wasn't there, I'm sure, and this isn't scripture, but sometimes I just think he was one of the guys with the stone. Yeah, let's stone her. Let's, let's get her. Wait, but you were the guy. But they failed to fulfill the law. And that's the purpose. That's what Jesus tried to show them. He wasn't trying to condemn them. He wasn't trying to judge them. He was trying to show them that they needed a savior, that they couldn't save themselves and that they're not fit to judge anybody. Who are they to judge? Who are they to point the finger? And in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says here, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody falls short. No one can live up to God's perfect, holy standard because we're sinful, flawed, and imperfect. You realize that all of the Pharisees left. All of them. There wasn't one guy, no, I'm still fine. I don't have sin in me. They all left from oldest to the youngest. And that's why, because the, the older you are, the more sin you have in your life. It just works like that way. Um, but the, the old guys left first. Oh, my word. I've got so much sin in my life. And I'm sure the young guys were like, ah, oh, but I'm still 20. I'm fine. But they left too. And so we all fall short of God's perfect standard. And so if we don't reach up to God's standard, how can we ever save ourselves? The scripture is showing that, us that there has to be another way to salvation if we all fall short. And in Romans chapter 6, verse 14, it says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. You are not under the law, but under grace. And that's what happened this day. Jesus was showing them that they're not under the law. To be under the law means to be under a system of, of rules and commandments that you try and follow to save yourself. But Jesus says, we're not under the law. That doesn't mean like, okay, sweet, so now I can just kill everybody and just sin as much as I want. To be, to be under grace means to be justified and saved through faith. We no longer have to save ourselves. It doesn't give us freedom to sin and um, go against the law, but it means that we don't have to try and save ourselves. And in Galatians chapter 3, verse 24, it says, therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. So the purpose of the law, this whole section that we're looking at, the law of Moses, the Pharisees, and Jesus, we're looking, how does Jesus deal with the law? What is the purpose of the law? How does Jesus use the law? Well, it says here that the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ. The purpose of the law was to show us in Romans 3.23 that everybody falls short. These Pharisees were just in denial. They knew their sin, but they were in denial. And so Jesus is trying to show them that he's the way. He's the Savior. It's not through works, it's through Christ alone. And so that morning, the law actually did its job. 
the law physically, the Pharisees and the scribes literally came bringing this woman to Jesus to show them, well, and actually to show themselves that they were sinful, but they didn't realize, but that was the purpose. This woman's caught, well, she's, she's, uh, she's sinful, she's flawed, but guess what? So are all of us. So the purpose of the law, what Jesus was trying to show them, is that we're all sinful, we're all guilty, but there is a Savior, and His name is Jesus, and there is freedom in His name. The second point this morning is that there is no condemnation in Christ. In John chapter 8, same one, um, just in case you were thinking which one, um, in verse 10 to 12, Um, It says, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Incredible. Jesus is, is left alone with this woman, and she just receives good news. I don't know why the Pharisees left. Jesus didn't say, hey, man, if you're, if you're without sin, please leave. Their hearts were so hardened to the gospel of God's grace that they just left. They still thought, maybe I can do it myself. Maybe I can improve. Maybe I can become better. But Jesus was left with this woman. Condemnation means to be judged, to be found guilty, and to be sentenced to to punishment. So, So this is what Jesus says is, I don't punish you. I don't condemn you. I don't hold this against you. This is the awesome thing about the gospel. Even though we're guilty, we're innocent. We're guilty of sin, but in the eyes of Jesus, we are innocent and we are free. You're innocent. You're not guilty. Jesus does not condemn you. He does not judge you. He says it to this woman. This is the heart of God. Neither do I condemn you. I do not judge you. I do not hold you accountable. Do you deserve it or everyone? Yes, I do. Do you receive it? No, you don't. You receive love, kindness, peace, mercy. Why? Because that is our Father in heaven. Jesus, the image of the invisible God. Does God really love me? Does God really care? Does God really take my sin away? Well, let's just look at the cross. Look at what Jesus did for you. We weren't born Christians. He saved us. Mark Driscoll speaks about where condemnation comes from and what condemnation is. He says, condemnation comes from the devil and not God. If you're feeling condemned and judged and worthy of punishment, God is not doing that. He punished Jesus, not you. Condemnation leads to despair and not life. Condemnation ends in sorrow and not joy. Condemnation makes us believe we can't change instead of making us want to change. Condemnation leads to old identity in sin and not a new identity in Christ. Condemnation looks to self 
instead of looking to Jesus, and condemnation is a burden, not a blessing. And so sometimes we actually prefer condemnation. It's quite a strange thing. It's like you're forgiven, you're free. Oh, Lord, but I'm so unworthy. And we are unworthy, but we're not worthy of punishment. And so sometimes we beat ourselves up. Has everyone, anyone ever beat themselves up? Oh, I'm so sinful. Oh, God, I'm so messed up. And when we do that, we deny the gospel. Condemning yourself means saying, Jesus, what you did for me on the cross wasn't enough. I need to punish myself some more. You're saying no to the good news. You're saying, you know what? I don't need that good news right now. What I need now is some punishment. And it's actually like a little bit of a show. Like maybe if we cry or sulk, God will feel sorry for us. But God is just sitting in heaven like, what are you doing? How have you forgotten so quickly what I've done for you, what I've saved you from and who I've called you to be? I'm sure if Jesus was actually like, all right, I'm gonna send down a hammer right now and three nails in a cross, just nail yourself to the cross. You'd be like, Oh, my word, Uh, Jesus, actually, no, I feel much better now. Honestly, imagine Jesus actually gave us what we deserved. If he answered all the negative prayers, we can sometimes say, oh, God, rather just punish me. Lord, let let me just feel bad. Okay, feel horribly bad for the rest of your life. That's not God's heart. And this is the thing about grace. We we can't earn it. We, We don't deserve it. But John Piper says, good works... Don't add to your salvation. Bad works don't take away your salvation. Good works are the fruit of your salvation. It's a reflection of your faith and relationship with God. It doesn't add to your salvation. It doesn't make you more saved. Well, man, I've been, I've been in ministry for 10 years. I'm more saved than I was before I met Christ. Well, okay, you are before you met Christ, but because uh, you weren't saved then. But it doesn't add to your salvation. There's not like levels of salvation. I'm more saved because I've done more good. No, you're saved because of Jesus. And that will always be the case. You'll never be saved by anything else except grace. It doesn't matter how long you've been on the journey. Don't say no to the good news. He did it for you. And so in the eyes of Jesus, we are innocent. We are free. There is no burden. We can walk in light. We're not judged. You're not condemned. I love how Jesus says to this woman, go and sin no more. There wasn't room for discussion like, oh, Jesus, should I really go? Am I really forgiven? Can I, can, can I walk in faith now? Can I be forgiven? There wasn't room for, oh, you know what, Jesus? Well, you're not sinful, so at least can you throw one stone at me? Maybe it will make me feel better. He said, no. Neither do I condemn you. I don't judge you. No one can judge you. God doesn't judge us. He he loves us. It's similar to in Matthew chapter 28 when Jesus says, go and preach the gospel. Disciples weren't like, should we really go? Um, Like, can we do it? It's like you've been walking with me for three years. I'm going to my father. Go and preach. I'll be with you, right? Jesus commands this woman that she's free. It's not a conversation. You're free. Go. And this is what freedom does. I've got a friend of mine who has um, recently just had this incredible passion for Jesus. She just, I want to serve God. I just want to reach out and I want to reach people. She started her own connect group preaching the gospel. No one asked her to. 
She went because she was free. But this is the crazy thing. She told me a couple of weeks ago, she's like, Chris, for the first time, I'm going to church and I don't feel condemned. And I was so happy. But for a second, I was like, hectic, man. For how long have you been coming or going? How long have you known Jesus? It's so sad that we can walk in here and feel condemned. For what? Because you're innocent because of Jesus. You're not condemned. And so some people don't like grace because, well, grace is freedom to sin. I don't like grace because it says you can sin. No, it doesn't say that. What did Jesus say? I don't judge you. I don't punish you. I don't condemn you. But go and sin no more. Not like, well, you know, just continue to sin. Continue to be who you were. No, he gives us a new life, an abundant life, and the light of life. Through faith alone. And so I want to read the scripture here. Freedom from sin is not freedom to sin. In Romans chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, and then I'm going to read verse 12 like directly after. But it, Paul writes here, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. And then in verse 12, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should, be, that you should obey it in its lust. So what happened? On that morning, is that Jesus set her free from the obligation to sin. He set her free from her slavery of sin. Before we come to know Jesus, all we can do is sin. But when we receive Jesus, we have power over sin, we have victory over sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. Do we still sin? No. Just kidding. Do we still sin? Yes. Are we only sinners? No. Are we guilty? No. Why? Because of the blood of the Lamb. We're no longer slaves. We still mess up. We still fall short. But we're innocent. We, we don't want to sin anymore. It doesn't give us the pleasure and the desire that it used to. It doesn't fill us. Before sin would be the only thing that you would hold onto to give you significance, pleasure, a feel-good moment in life. We, don't, we no longer need that. We have Jesus. The old is gone. The new is here. We don't have to obey sin anymore. In Romans chapter 8, verse 12, it says, Therefore, there is now no cond condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the law, but according to the Spirit. If your faith is in Jesus, you're not condemned, you're not guilty, you're not judged, and it says that you won't walk according to the flesh anymore because you've been set free from that. And it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. So to walk according to the flesh means to walk as we used to before Christ. But now that we have Christ and God's Spirit in us, we no longer receive the punishment of sin, which is death. 
Adrian last week spoke about the, the root of sin. The root of sin is condemnation. When we feel judged, when we feel guilty, when we feel separated from God, we feel helpless and hopeless. We feel like we can't change, so we just continue in our sin. But Jesus sets us free from that rebellion. We no longer have to be rebels. And so, as I move on to the last point this morning, let me just say that everyone in here is innocent by the blood of Jesus, by the sacrifices of Jesus. Not your own sacrifice, but his sacrifice. And because of that, we can walk in the light of life, which is the last point that I'm just going to speak about real quick. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus concludes with this statement, and he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And this is God's call to us to follow him. What did Jesus say to his disciples? Follow me. Go on this journey with me. Trust in me. Follow my ways. Follow my words. Come and join me in this relationship. When we have this relationship and intimacy with God, we can walk in the light. We can walk in a new life, in a new way, because we are free from darkness, we are free from sin and wickedness, and we can live like Jesus, because His Spirit is in us, He is alive in us, and He's working in us. So when we follow Jesus, we can't walk in darkness, because in, 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 in God there is no darkness. Jesus says He's the light of the world. Apart from Him, the world is dark. But with him there is light in this world. And he calls his disciples, you are the light and the salt of the earth. That is the identity that you get in Christ because of Jesus. When we walk with Jesus, we change. When we follow Jesus, we change. When we surrender our hearts and our lives to Jesus, we change. What happens in the story here is that this woman, what she thought she was doing in secret, no one would catch her out, find out about it, hidden sin, no one would know. Look at what happens when it gets brought to the light. Some things in our lives, it's like we're scared to bring to God because it might be too dark that he might condemn us. God's not surprised. God knows the evil in our hearts. He knows our desires and our flaws, but God wants us to be real. When we bring our darkness into the light, we can be free. I've struggled with things that I had to give to Jesus, and I can say that he's freed me because I brought it to him. There are times where I kept it to myself. There's no freedom in that, thinking God would judge me, or this is too big for God, or this part of my life can't change. It's, Lord, this is it. I don't condemn you. Go and be free. Go and be free. Your, your life is, you're a witness. Your, your life is a testimony. God says, go. On this day, Jesus was glorified. God was glorified in heaven because of his goodness. There was a party. There was salvation. There was freedom. A new life was given. 
And we can walk in that new life because we're free. Even though we're guilty, we're free. Even though we deserve punishment, Jesus took the punishment. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 to 7, I just want to close off with this. It says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us all from all sin. So when we follow Jesus, what the scripture is saying is that we, we won't practice darkness. And if we are, we've somehow deceived ourselves because sin is deceiving and it's deceitful and we can fall ourselves. The scriptures say anyone who is, says he is without sin deceives himself. So we, on this journey, we, we, we walk this faith out with God in relationship. Yes, we still sin. Are we only sinners? No, but we don't walk in complete darkness anymore. We're free from that darkness. We walk in fellowship with Jesus. And because of that, we're completely forgiven and we can do life together. Church is one of the biggest miracles ever that we can all come here, ordinary flawed people with our own stories, our own pasts, but we can come together. We can unite because of Jesus. We can all come together as new creations because of Jesus. And so in God, there is no darkness. There is only light. And when we follow him, he says, if you follow me, you will have the light of life. Follow Jesus. Relationship, intimacy, fellowship. Just like we do have community here today, just how we speak to each other, we speak to God our Father in heaven, and he's just got incredible things lined up and in store for you. And it's a journey, it's a process, but your life matters to God just as much as it did when you were at your darkest, when you denied God, when you didn't want God in your life. He loves you just the same. And you've been free since you put your faith in Jesus. Sometimes we, 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 we get lost or we mess up or we go wrong along the wrong path, but you know what? Jesus calls us to repentance. Turn to me. Turn away from your sin. There's always hope turning to God. So whatever you're going through, I just hope that God spoke to you this morning. Even though we're, we're all guilty, we're all sinful, we all fall short, but we do not get the punishment. You will never be punished. Don't punish yourself. Don't beat yourself up. It doesn't make God happy. Yeah, he's feeling real bad right now. Oh, she's feeling so guilty. That doesn't put a smile on God's face. That doesn't give God any joy. That's why Jesus came, to save us and to set us free. We can walk with him. We can walk in light. We can love. We can walk in the righteousness which is found in Christ. We can be satisfied in what he did for us on the cross. When Jesus sets us free, we're truly free.